Hobbs, Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO shifts back to local programming for the remainder of the day right into uh, tonight with the uh, Iowa State Coaches Show. Uh, which we consider local programming. Why wouldn't we, right, Trent Condon? Let's get into the BMW Des Moines guest list. As promised, we're going to focus today on the uh, NFL. A lot of NFL conversation coming up. We'll focus on three of the regional teams. We will uh, talk to Jeff Hughes first, uh, thebearsblog.com. Then uh, Dave Sinekin on the Green Bay Packers, both of those teams, uh, suffering losses uh, last time they took the field. That's our number one. Our number two, Matt Snyder on Major League Baseball, CBS Sports. Sports.com. He will help us out with the playoffs, catch up with some of the stuff we've missed. Uh, Tim Wakefield being one of them. That was certainly a sad story. Uh, he has passed away far too soon. Um, what else we will get into? Uh, Nick Athen, who covers the Chiefs, of course, for um, uh, for Cyclone uh, Cyclone ChiefsBlitz.com. ChiefsBlitz. ChiefsBlitz.com. Maybe some Trevor Bauer coming up with uh, uh, with Matt Snyder as well. I'm not sure if you've seen that video. No. That he, oh, boy. I, I think there's a lot of people, I mean, myself included, I thought that... Um, you know that he's pitched, made, thrown his last pitch in Major League Baseball, and um, the video that he put out yesterday after all the litigation has been set aside and it's all uh, been adjudicated, and everybody is now able to speak. Uh, and some of the video that was kept from him and his attorney that certainly would have uh, led uh, a lot of folks to a different opinion on what really happened. Um, it's Trevor Bauer. He's going to be back in MLB, and you know what? He should be. Yeah. He should be. It's uh, If you get a chance, watch his video. And yeah. if what he's saying is actually legit, and again, he wasn't able to speak until yesterday on this matter, and he took, uh, took to Twitter or to X to do so, um, it's eye-opening. Anyways, lots to get to. A busy day, NFL football in the rearview mirror. Not much of a game again on Monday night. No. Holy mackerel, we've had some stinkers in prime time. Can we stop with the Giants? Yeah, no, sadly, I don't think we can. I think there's more of them still to come. There is more. But your question is is legit, and we'd certainly like to be given that option, and the Jets, and the Broncos. Uh, There's a bunch of teams that are going to be on primetime coming up here. A whole bunch, and it's... um, In two Sundays, Giants at Buffalo. How bad's that going to be? Why? I'm with you, and and you can't get out of it. I think there's three or four more weeks until they can start flexing, they being the NFL, uh, into Sunday night football. Giants, you know what? I saw this stat yesterday uh, at, the, at the end of the game. The Giants, who are 1-3, mm-hmm. have had the lead for a grand total in their four games of 19 seconds. Cano kicked a game winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, with 19 seconds left against the Cardinals in Week 2, that's the only time they've had the lead this year. Blanked in the first half of every game. Blanked in the first half of every game. Score differential uh, in the first half. I saw that stat last night, too. I didn't write that it's one It's one down. of historically the worst it's ever. It's got to be. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my Down God. 28-0 the Cardinals in the only game they won. They stink. Danny Dimes? He's better. He's bad. Yeah. Um. And they're tied to him for, what, four more years? Well, I, well, the, the contract's four the contract years. I don't know is. when they can get out of it. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I don't know what um, 
Dan Patrick, I did to piss him off this morning. He does his little. It was bad enough watching Witherspoon run up and down the field last night, knowing that the Seahawks selected him with the pick that should have been Broncos, but in the Russell Wilson swindling. Uh, anyways, Witherspoon did. I mean, he was really good at Illinois. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And nobody threw against him. No. But I think that's kind of gets lost in this because well, I don't remember him being that good in the Big Ten. Well, no one threw in his direction. Yeah, you have to dig deeper than just looking at interceptions. Right? That's how you do it. The elite guys don't have many interceptions. No, they don't. Because they don't even throw that. No one's direction. challenging them. You lock it down, and you find you find the numbers, and you can find you know pass efficiency against those kind of things, mm-hmm. and it shows you just how good guys mm. actually are. Locally, we are getting ready to hear from Deacon Hill, as he will be the starter. Oh, he's never met the media as the starting quarterback. This has will he? be the first yes, time. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So last night rewatched the Illinois Purdue BTN and sixty. Yeah. It was not how I anticipated the game went. It, it got away from Illinois in the third quarter. It was a tight game. Okay. Third quarter, they ran away. You look at the final score, oh boy, here comes Purdue. Mm-hmm. I didn't walk away overly impressed. They're fine. Yep. They're good. Yep. They're solid. They're in the Big Ten West. Yeah. But they're not a... And I, I'm confounded by this point spread. I really am. This, this is not Hawkeye black and gold glasses here. Being as low as it is? I am very interested. In fact, I might send a message out to our guy Jeff Benson mm-hmm. to see how big of an impact it is on their numbers. McNamara, McNamara to Hill? To Deacon Hill. Yeah, I'd love to know that number, Trent. I said yesterday I made it three and a half. It must be more significant, though. Well, McNamara really hasn't. I mean, no, and he hasn't been good. He hasn't been good. And here's the thing. Apparently this morning on the morning rush, Brad uh, Heinrich. Heinrich was on uh, from the Swarm, and he told the boys that... Um, uh, that Heinrich said, I spoke with uh, McNamara's father last night. He's coming. But where is he going to go? Yeah, let's use a this little... This isn't a story. A little mental fortitude here and understand if he would transfer somewhere, guess what? He would be eligible and to And the $600,000 isn't going to accompany him wherever he's going. Who's going to pay him that much? It, no one. Nobody. It's... We have to use a little bit of reasoning. It's unbelievable. The, the hot take artist and the non-thinking that happens sometimes. I'm not being critical of the boys in the morning. That's a good no, question that's to ask. A, that's a great question. I'm just, I'm because just, it was out there because of people yes. not using any kind of mental fortitude. To, well, let's see. If he would transfer, the new transfer rules, you have to sit out on your second transfer. Right. Guess what? Next year is his last year of eligibility. So he's going to transfer so he can't mm. play? Just come on. Use a little common back. sense. Not go to the NFL. He's not an NFL quarterback. <laughs> Have you watched him play? <laughs> right. I mean, go back and watch the Michigan games. He was a game manager. Yes. The hope for uh-huh. this team, how he was going to improve this offense, is he was a very accurate guy. Right. The accuracy. That was going to be the upgrade over Spencer Petras. Iowa hasn't had a quarterback north of 60% completion mm-hmm. percentage in eight years. Mm-hmm. That was the hope, that they could at least get that avenue back. And it's not like it's a difficult offense. And we're talking about an offense that's right. just chucking the ball up and hoping for yeah. things. It is a very simple offense, yet they couldn't find a quarterback to complete 60% of the passes, something that seemingly everybody that, in college that football That was the upgrade. Do. Look, it sounds like we're kicking uh, McNamara when he's down. We're not. No, he was just bad. He was, he was bad. Uh-huh. He was hurt all right. season long. Iowa couldn't run their full playbook all season long. Yep. They couldn't do the things, the few things that they do well, they couldn't do those things. And, well, you saw the results. Right. It was not uh-uh, good. Kate McNamara good. wasn't good, but you can't knock him because he wasn't healthy. Precisely. Precisely. I, he couldn't. There were, 
There's one play that just sticks in my mind. It was an outside zone play that we've seen run Against thousands two. of times. Do you remember? It was either game one or game two. Okay. I think it was might have been the Iowa State game. Regardless. But him just laboring. And you think you have a quad injury. Well, get the ball under center. You got to get out of there quick. I mean, you're pushing off yeah. hard yeah. to get back. And then on those outside zone plays, quarterback got to go a long way. I mean, you're running to basically catch up to the running back yes, to hand the football off. And how much he no, labored. You're not running, you're sprinting. Yes. Because the running back's in full flight. So you're pushing off with that quad. Now you're trying to get back and hand the football off. And it was difficult for him just to do that. That's not to say what they do with the bootlegs. Yeah. We saw more bootlegs from Deacon Hill than we've probably seen all yeah. season long. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt now that I think mm-hmm. about it. We saw that from McNamara a half dozen times throughout the course of the year. And certainly Hill did that. You now have a full complement. Now, I don't think Deacon Hill's very good. This guy was four-teamer at Wisconsin that wasn't exactly lighting. Well, I was impressing him to come on and, and honestly to pee down his leg. Yes. Just and th- to, it wasn't that. No, it wasn't, Trent. It was, it was, uh, it was better than that. But <laughs> that's glowing. This is still a guy that accuracy remains a concern. Uh-huh. We'll see. And is this week, don't screw it up, don't screw it up. Yeah. Is, that, is that just getting thrown I in think his the head? the rest of the season is. And yeah. that's not a good thing. No. Probably not, but we'll see because this is the this is the cards that they've been dealt going forward. Labus is fine, right? We yeah, he's good to go. Yeah, he's been back practicing. Okay, late August, mm-hmm. he was back out there on the practice field. Is there? I've heard this a couple of times with Labus because he won that bowl game. Outside of the opening drive. By the way, the rubber match this year, I don't think you want to see the Wildcats this year. Oh yeah, seventeen <laughs> three. We're not going to see that again, Trent. Come on. No, No, we're not going to see that again. I mean, it was... was, Who thought we'd see it back-to-back years to begin with, right? Idiotic in its own way. It really was. And we'll see. Yeah. Kentucky 9-3, Iowa 8-4. Let's let's put them in Tampa. Yeah. They played in the Citrus Bowl. They played in Nashville. all the marbles. Let's put them in a new location. Round three. No. The Labus thing. He wasn't great in that football. No, he wasn't far awful. from it. I mean, no, but he was okay. He was just okay. He was okay. Yes. The one play he made, it wasn't him. It was a screen pass to Laporta, and he made yeah. eight guys miss on his way into as, the end zone. As he's done for the away. first four Sundays of the NFL season. But there's, I'm hearing this growing narrative that Joe Labus, now that he's healthy, that it's this always the backup quarterback. We haven't even seen the guy start in his first game, right? And people are already clamoring for Labus now. You also do have to remember, when we got the first depth chart at Big Ten Football Media Days, Labus was listed at the backup mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. He was. And then because of injury, yep. obviously Hill took over. I do wonder what the leash is like. I mean, if is this a short lease, leash for De- Deacon Hill? If they're down, There's a pretty good chance we're going to find that out. Trent. They're down 14-3 at the half. Yeah, He's thrown yeah. two picks. Yep. He's 5-12 for 38 yards mm-hmm. and two interceptions. But the good news is, who's the best defense they have left? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean Wisconsin by default? Maybe, yeah. yeah. Illinois has been a huge Awful. disappointment. Minnesota, not good. Northwestern, not Nebraska's good. Nebraska's run defense is good. Nebraska's run defense is okay. In yeah. comparison to the rest of the Big right. Ten West. Against Michigan, they're obviously not ready. Mm-hmm. But that's a good run defense. Yep. There's a lot of people going to miss the Big Ten West next year. Yeah, they are. <laughs> a lot of schools are going to miss the Big Ten West this year. Now, we year. also have to remember that it's not that Iowa is taking every one of those games and substituting them with Oregon no, and Washington not. No, and more no, Penn no. State, Ohio State, right, Michigan. Right, right. They're still going to play those teams. Yeah, yeah. It's just not going to be six of those games right. year after year. Yeah.
you're going to get probably four of those games. You'll get Wisconsin. You'll get Nebraska. You'll get Minnesota. Minnesota. Those will be your protected rivals. Right. And then, and then probably one, one other. Yeah. You'll get a Northwestern, a Purdue, or an Illinois. Maryland into the schedule. Yep. A couple of teams from out west. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way it's going to be. And I can't wait to see the schedule. Uh, we saw the Big Ten's, uh, the Iowa's basketball schedule. Now, tomorrow we'll catch up with um, uh, all of the beat writers for both Iowa and Iowa State. All the, all the uh, folks that cover those schools uh, are covering football today. Now, yesterday Iowa had their men's basketball uh, media day. So we'll do that tomorrow. Promise we'll, we'll get you caught up on that. Did you see any of it, hear any of it? Anything stick with you from uh, Iowa's Big Ten media, basketball media days? I did see the schedule when it came out. There's mm-hmm. one Sunday night game. I love those Sunday night Big Ten games at 6 o'clock on either FS1 or Big Ten Network. And there is one of them. I think it's Illinois late okay. in the year. Which is the finale of the season. Okay, And we've saw that a couple of times. It's been great, too. It has. And I just love Sunday night Big Ten hoops. My starting point for Iowa basketball is... This is an NIT team. Okay. This is a team that just defensively, always bad, going to be worse this year. You look at this team and the way they're constructed, how are they going to be good on the defensive end? Mm-hmm. Tony Perkins, okay defender. Peyton Sanford, not a good defender. Mm-hmm. Patrick D- McCaffrey, an awful defender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ben Cricky, an awful defender in the NBC. DeSante Bowen, we've seen nothing. Nothing yet. Four freshmen. Yep. We'll see. This team's going to be really bad defensively. They can score. They can always score. Fran McCaffrey could throw you, me, and three listeners out there. <laughs> and we'd be able to score the basketball. He's a wizard on that end of the floor. But his teams are bad defensively, and this might be the worst of the bunch. Unless an Owen Freeman is just a stud right away. And he's like the power forwards we grew up from. The Ryan Bowens, the Jess Settles, the Greg Bruners, the you know big... White dude, right? Playing power forward, and he rebounded well over in Europe. But unless he's an impact guy right away, one of those freshmen click right away, I just don't see this team being better than 18 and 15, something like that. What, 20 Big Ten games? They're 8 and 12. That's kind I think of where you're signed I see for that right now, Trent. I, I, I'm with you. That's kind of how the feel that uh, that I have, mm-hmm. the outlook I have for, for this team right now. Uh, it'll be fun to watch. See how it plays out. Maybe maybe it t- takes a page out of Iowa State football. Is you want to see baby steps mm-hmm. this year, and that's what it's about. And if there is a payout at the end for you know a six win team, and I don't think there will be, or a team that finds their way into postseason when it comes to Iowa hoops, that that's overachieving. Meaning. If they're going to be bubble team come middle February. Yeah. All right, they got a shot. Right. And the end of the schedule is not exactly easy. It's pretty daunting there at the end, including two games with Illinois. But to get there, that means have to steal one you know, out in that tournament in San Diego, right? Obviously, win all the games. Can't have a flub like Eastern Illinois. Right, right, right. Have to beat all those bye games that you have. Find a way to beat Oklahoma or USC or Seton Hall, whoever, at least one of those games out there. And... The Iowa State game's on the road. Mm-hmm. You're not going to put that one in the win column. Probably not, no. The Purdue game, that's the is, first is Big that, Ten That's the Thursday night again this year, the Iowa yes, State game? Yes, December 7th. Okay, and uh, what time's the tip? 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock? ESPNU. Cool. Yep. The Michigan game at home in that December stretch, you got to win those. Yep. those. How many times has Iowa started off 0-2? Oh, it's been awful. 0-2 in those Way two Big Ten times. games. Yeah. Yep. You can't afford to dig a hole mm-hmm. this season. And then when it gets started again in Big Ten play, they go to Wisconsin, Home for Rutgers, home for Nebraska at Minnesota. Probably got to be three and one in that stretch. I mean, that's that's what it is because here's the end of the season. This is how it finishes up for Iowa. 
their slate starting in the middle of February at Maryland. Terps are going to be good. Yep. Home for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. How many times the Badgers come into mm-hmm. one? At Michigan State. That game's Peacock. That is. And there's only two Peacock games, right? There's two. one early yep. in November, mm-hmm. and the only Big Ten game on Peacock is, is Sparty. After you go to Michigan State, you go to Illinois. Mm-hmm. Penn State at home, okay. Yeah. At Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And then Illinois at home. Not easy. Not at all. Those final one, two, seven games. Stay out of the opening day of play in the. Uh, at the in, in, is it in Indianapolis or they moved to Chicago this year? Where's the Big Ten tournament? Minneapolis. It's in Minneapolis. That's what it says here on the schedule. Wow, didn't know that. I didn't remember that. I didn't remember that either. Good. I like the fact Road you're trip? moving it around. Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe. Minneapolis in March. Nothing like it, Trent. You've always said that. Piles of snow. If there's any place you could go, you, you would choose Minneapolis in March. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, all day long for you. I'll, we'll both be, all eyes will be on Minneapolis, at least these four eyeballs. Part of the 11 to 1 shift here is the Twins and the Blue Jays play. Baseball about to get underway. Uh, coming up here. Uh, well, there's uh, four games uh, today and tomorrow, and then as necessary uh, on. Uh, on Thursday. Let's uh, get Zach in here. He's been patient. I do want to, well, go ahead, Zach. What's on your mind? Welcome. Hey, morning, fellas. Uh, so, MLB playoffs starting. Unfortunately, my Cubs, you know, choked it down. But uh, the silver lining on that is that I get to cheer for the Orioles since my father in law has been a long time Orioles fan since the late 60s. What are the plots that, uh, they can actually make a run and make a World Series. Zach, thanks for the call. Um... Look, they're one of the stories of the year in Major mm-hmm. League Baseball. Um, the Flaherty trade did not work out. It didn't. It, which is really too bad because mm-hmm. that was a huge need for them. They identified that. They went he had out. that first start. He was little, terrific. Yeah, and like, then after that, there was, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> after Braddish, that rotation is okay. But look, they won a lot of games with that rotation. I guess yeah. that's that's one. You're gonna way have to mash people, right? You a lot are of eight, six wins, yeah. and they're 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 young enough that maybe they don't realize what they're embarking on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep, yep. These are, for the most part, everybody that contributes to that team. I guess we call Rushman a veteran. Mm-hmm. You know, as compared to, <laughs> in, <a laughs> to Westberg and, and Henderson and uh, some of these other guys that have come up. Um, Look, I hope you and your father-in-law, if there is such a thing, bought stock in these Orioles because they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a major pain in the you-know-what. But to your question, Bradish and then, thats I guess that's where you start, right? Absolutely, yeah. Bradish is very solid. Mm-hmm. He's really good. What's the rotation even look like? I'm sure it's out there. I just haven't oh, studied I, it enough. Is been... Gibson one of your first? Because <sighs> it's a it's a best of five the next round. The division yes. was a best of five, so you, you conceivably couldn't use four. Uh, you will. Is um, it? Yeah, Gibson will probably be in there. He's mm-hmm, a veteran. Mm-hmm. Bradish game one. Brad for sure. Gibson, mm. Kramer, Flaherty. Mm. Is it? Yeah. You know, either Rodriguez or Wells. I, <sighs> And back in the bullpen, obviously, without Bautista is different. Yeah, because he's, he's Tommy John now. Yeah. He tried it, and it's just yep. not going uh, to work. They got Cano on the back end now. It's a great story, but yes, he did absolutely. wear down during the season. Yes, he did. Uh-huh.
guy that just what showed up a year ago from Cuba mm-hmm. and has been solid, really solid this year. Well, they wouldn't let him. Do you remember I, we told you this story in the in the middle of the long baseball season? This Cano kid, Yenner Cano, he wanted to leave Cuba. They thought he was going to leave, and they wouldn't let him play baseball. Mm-hmm. They prevented him from playing baseball, and then he finally got out. Good for him. Yeah, uh, good for his family. Because um, he's a hell of a player. We'll see. Uh, real quick on this. I, I want to bring this up, and we don't have a ton of time, sadly, to do so. Um, are you surprised? Leave the criminal aspect of the gambling investigation, etc., to one side. Yeah. Take that out. I think it's bungled. Here's the bottom line for me, Trent. I don't get the... Um, like, I, I, I get the fact that, that it's Iowa and why is Iowa singled out? Well, if there wasn't an, in, an investigation of this, it's a dereliction of duty mm-hmm. if you don't look into this. Absolutely. Does 99% of our, 100% of our audience was not alive in 1919. Ninety percent of us remembers the Black Sox scandal mm-hmm. over a hundred years ago. Do we know who Tim Donahue is? Absolutely. Do we remember Boston College point shaving and mm-hmm. who was on that bench? Absolutely. What happened to a team in the Big Ten? Was there a Northwestern points? My point is, if it's if you are a player and you have inside information if you're gambling on your own team and the investigation found that there were athletes gambling on their own team it is a dereliction of duty if you do not investigate every one of the players that was named in the investigation suspended for either the remainder of their college eligibility or a handful of games or what two games whatever it may be was absolutely 100 percent aware that what they were doing was breaking an NCAA rule. You cannot gamble as a student athlete, period. Is that antiquated? You won't hear me argue. I think it is. But it's still a rule that you knew when you decided to use somebody else's identification or however it was that you were able to bet on these games, I am absolutely blown away that people forget about this part of it. <laughs> and it's a huge component. It's a huge component. Blame the NCAA for not updating the rules. I get it. I think it is antiquated. But a rule is a rule, and they broke it. I'm sorry. I don't have a lot of sympathy. The criminal aspect of it? Yeah. It's ridiculous yes. that it's gone this far. It's absolutely a, ridiculous. It was a misdemeanor from the get-go. Absolutely was. And should charges even been brought, that's where the argument is. The argument, though, is not, did they break NCAA rules? The they argument did. Is, they did. <laughs> yes. It absolutely happened. Who are they going to sue? Oh, they're going to sue Tom, Dick, and Harry, and I hope they bleed Tom, Dick, and Harry. To... You broke the rules. Yes. You gambled. If there was... I mean, it, it all started, apparently, by a, an Iowa baseball player using his mother's ID. That's how this thing was ignited. The they biggest, had to look into it. They yes. did. And that's what they found. You laid it out perfectly, Ken. This is something where I don't understand how people can miss this. I had a point of contact, part of the investigation. They didn't want to investigate. But it's their job. Yes. You are a sworn officer of the law. Mm-hmm. You have to do that. And if it would have went aside and we ultimately would have found out this was something much bigger, 
then ultimately came out. Uh-huh. There was point shaving. Yes. There was game fixing. And there were people involved in the DCI that overlooked when they found out there were student athletes gambling. Mm-hmm. Their heads would roll. And should. They would not be allowed to work in activities like that anymore. Their careers no. would be over and if they wouldn't be. have investigated. Trent, go to Twitter at about, I don't know, 10 minutes to 10, somewhere around 10 o'clock on Sunday night. And try and find how many times you heard the word rigged. Oh, yeah. When Patrick Mahomes decided to do the right thing, this is where we're at. If, if you have betting on sports and on your own team, we may as well not have sports. If they're rigged, if they're not on the up and up, what are we doing here, folks? Mm-hmm. There's no point in competition if there's anyone that is actually taking a side. And we know that there were athletes at Iowa and at Iowa State who were betting on or against their own team. End of story. NCAA rule, you deserve what you got. Criminally, I agree with you. NCAA-wise, you knew. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We will get into the NFL. We'll start with the Bears. We will segue to the Green Bay Packers. Matt Snyder kicks off the second hour with a whole lot of baseball talk. I am, well, of course I'm here for it. So are you. We can't go anywhere. Uh, But before we do that, we got to get to the keyword. It's time to claim your NIL money. Go to KXNO.com right now and you can enter this nationwide contest. The keyword this hour is dollar, dollar. Type it into the pop-up box. Your chance to win $1,000. Dollar at KXNO.com. Miller and Condon. It's a Tuesday on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. ThePro.com. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. We'll take a look at a couple of our regional teams. First off, the Bears with uh, Jeff Hughes. Uh, Dave Sinekin will join following thatzonecoverage.com. Let's get Jeff Hughes in here. Jeff, Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. Jeff, you and I both were in the uh, Justin Fields camp uh, since, he, since he was drafted, uh, seemingly. Um, I'm starting to maybe regret that a little bit. I thought we would have seen more steps forward. I know that the offensive line still, um, and some of the weapons around him still leave you wanting more. Uh, but that's kind of how I am with Justin Fields. Too early to write him off. Uh, but if you do have that one pick, you instantly write him off and take Caleb Williams. Uh, but where are you on the, on the, I guess, progression of Justin Fields? We just haven't seen enough. I mean, I mean, that's, that's the honest answer with Justin Fields. He is not consistently good enough week in and week out, and we're three years into the project. And I don't. There really isn't any other way to look at it. He was sensational for two and a half quarters last Sunday against the Broncos. But again, that is the Broncos. Yep. That is a horrible defense. We don't want to overreact to that performance. If he can start stacking performances like that, then we can start seeing a player. That can be a franchise quarterback, but right now, as somebody who's objectively looking at the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields, it is a long shot to think Justin Fields is going to put together the kind of season that would deter the Bears in a draft from taking his replacement. What is the best course of action, then, for this team, knowing this team's brutal? Uh, they also own the Carolina pick, who's also terrible. Is there a potential trade possibility of Justin Fields and a reclamation project somewhere else, a place 
like Denver that obviously does not have a quarterback, the Jets that are waiting. Is there any option out there before we get to the deadline, and especially coming off this performance, let's see what we could get for Justin Fields? It, it just doesn't happen very often in the mm, league. No. I mean, I, I, it, it would be great to see more trades happen in the league, but the finances of them are so difficult, yeah. and it's very hard for a quarterback to just walk into an organization in October sure pick up the playbook, and lead the team. Now, you put Justin Fields in Atlanta right now, and that is a match made in heaven. That is a team that wants to throw the ball 12 to 15 times a game. His speed and running ability would be an asset for them. Ritter clearly is not an NFL quarterback. I think Justin Fields Fields is an NFL quarterback. He is just a limited one. And I think those limitations can be, to a certain degree, nullified in Arthur Smith's system. But... These kinds of trades, you know, they just don't happen. They certainly don't happen at the quarterback position. And I I would also add, you know, Justin Fields is someone who has a lot of Twitter support. But when I talk to people around the league, that's sort of where the support ends. Mm. You know, I I do not get senses from other teams or other personnel people that this is a guy being misused, this is a guy in the wrong system. They just don't think he's that great a player. And... This was not a guy taken first overall. You know, he fell to wherever the Bears got him. Was it 11? 12 or 11, uh, yeah, somewhere near. Yes, yeah. several several quarterbacks taken before him. Several of those quarterbacks were terrible. So it's, you know, we're, we're in a situation here where I just think we have to be objective about what he does on the field. And again, I don't think the verdict is in, and the verdict doesn't have to be in. Nothing changes in the next three months. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's see him Thursday night build on what he did Sunday because – all it'll take is another dud on Thursday night in D.C., and we're going to be back to where we were five mm-hmm. days ago, mm-hmm. saying not consistent enough, not productive enough, time to move on. Yeah, assumingly you're moving on from one of the wide receivers. What did you give up for Claypool? Was it a, a, a first-round pick? Seconds. in this, the th- the 32nd pick, the first pick in the second round. Right, because who lost their pick? Was it Belichick? Who lost their pick? Somebody was tampering. Miami, maybe? Did they? Miami. I think yeah, Miami I think it was. With the Brady yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it was something, yeah. Anyways, um, so obviously he's being shipped out of town. Why didn't it work with him? Does he just not want to play football, Jeff? Uh, it, it, so I have very little input on here, but two of my friends, my two closest buddies in the Chicago media are are Mark Silverman and Adam Johns, and I've talked to both of them quite a bit. And this just hasn't been a match since day one. Uh, Claypool has been a mess. He has been late to meetings. He has not put out the effort they have, they have uh, wanted. He does not like what this offense is and how he's being asked to play in it. Chase Claypool is not a guy who wants to block 12 times a game, 14 times a game. That's not who he is. Now, you could say that, that, that that's another, a, limit, a limited player. Well, 100%. But I want to take it a step back and go a little bit drone look at this team. Why do you make that trade for that player if he doesn't fit the structure of what is being run? Why? Why is he there if you know he doesn't fit what they want to do? And I'll go another step. Why are you spending $100 million on inside linebackers mm. when you don't have a defensive line to protect them? And it's just there is a disconnect right now in this organization between the players being brought in and the structure of the coach. Now we can talk about the coach mm. far more, and mm-hmm. I would love to. Yeah. The coach should, he should not be head coach of anything. I wouldn't let him run 
the bodega on my corner right now. But this is a guy who there is such a disconnect between who is being brought into this franchise and the, and the systems they want to run that I just think until this is blown up, until this is blown up, we have no idea what the talent levels of some of these guys are. It's incredible. And for two decades now, they haven't been able to put it all together with a GM, a head coach, no. and a quarterback all working together. Why is this so difficult? Is it just all the way up to the team president, the ownership group? I mean, why can seemingly everybody else figure this out and the storied franchise cannot get it right? But, but Trent, I would ask the question, does everybody else get it right? Because the answer is 100% they don't. The Bengals got a guy finally, right? They did. Worst ownership maybe in professional sports, they finally got a guy. People thought the Cardinals had their guy in Kyler Murray. They can't wait to get rid of him. <laughs> yep. The Jets have never gotten it right. The Lions have never gotten it right. Do the Vikings have it right? Kirk Cousins hasn't won anything. Have they gotten it right? This, this is the, the Browns. They just gave $200 million to a guy who I don't think he can play anymore. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting here now and saying, the Bears are one of many franchises that have struggled to find the guy. Now, what most of these franchises do is at least get lucky. Cade McNown was terrible. Rex Grossman wasn't any good. They went and got, they gave up a boatload of picks for Jay Cutler. That worked sort of short term. I still think that injury in 2012 was massive. They went, they've gotten two more guys, Trubisky and Fields. They're getting it wrong. But I, I, I am someone who argues. I know fans want to say it's the owners. I don't know what that means. Our owners don't know anything about football. They hire GMs. They don't go out, other than Phil Emery, they don't go wildly outside the box for GMs. They hire guys from successful organizations. Those guys haven't worked out. This team was successful for a decade under Jerry Angelo and Lovey Smith when they had a GM and they had a coach that made sense. They've never gotten the quarterback right. Eventually it will happen. And then we'll look back and say, uh, we'll look back and say, we finally deserved one. And listen, if you believe, and I keep hearing the Caleb Williams thing, I'm not a scout, I don't know how his game transits to the next level, but if you believe he is the generational talent people say he is, then this might finally be the luck the Bears need. They're finally going to have that year where they're, where they're definitively the worst team in football and too early picks to change the franchise. Do you know who his NFL comparison is, Williams? You know who you, I'm sure you've heard it. I've heard Mahomes. That's the one. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, listen, uh, sign me up. Yeah. So, so if, right. if, if you're bringing Pat Mahomes to town, I, I will pick him up. The, I'll pick him up at the damn airport. Uh. And I live in New York. So, it, it, uh, listen, this is a team right now that there is no point talking about week in and week out. They have a head coach that does not belong on the sideline. He is as overwhelmed by the job as maybe any coach I've ever seen. Now, remember, Nate Hackett got fired this season last year, Nate Hackett was only hired in Denver because they believed they were getting Aaron Rodgers. So they brought Nate Hackett in to to lure Aaron Rodgers to Denver. When that didn't happen, Nate Hackett never had a chance. You know why? He's not a very good coach. Mm -hmm. Matt Eberflus got this job, came in with this hit principle, came in with an ideology, and the team has been awful since he arrived. And Sunday was sort of a rock bottom for him. Because he showed he doesn't even know how to do the, manage the very basics of the game. Jeff, you, if you listen, yeah, 
I was just going to say, thebearsblog.com. Jeff, I uh, appreciate you coming on. I thought you were done. I didn't mean to cut your final thought there. No, but, no uh, worries, guys. I could, I could go on for hours about how terrible a coach Matt Eberflus is. <laughs> <like. laughs> All right, Jeff, thanks for doing this, brother. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, let's talk to Dave Sinek and zonecoverage.com. His uh, dog's, uh, again, barking this weekend. He's off to a terrific start. Uh, you were 2-1, and one, Dave. I'm following along now. You're 8-4 and four with your underdog outright winner pick. That's pretty damn good, Dave mm-hmm. Sinek. And how are you? Uh, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm well. I, um, I sent a floral arrangement to Patrick Mahomes for uh, not scoring there at the end and preserving my Jets play. But, yeah, it's fun to do. And um, it's always fun to not look for the obvious picks and look for the, the teams that you have to hold your nose sometimes. So I enjoy doing it. And they come out on Saturday. When, when did you? I, I liked it or I retweeted it or something. When did they come out on Saturday or Friday? Uh, well, I write them. I have to have them in by noon Friday, so gotcha. sometimes the lines are a little different. But they usually post them by late in the day Friday or, or Saturday morning at the latest. All right, so let's go back to last Thursday night. A lot of anticipation here in, in uh, Central Iowa for this game. Uh, and and uh, NFC North the teams, they moved the needle here. And we were, you know, on the kind of, um, I guess, disappointed is the best way to put it, just because... Not that we weren't rooting for the, the Lions, just it wasn't much of a game, Dave. It kind of got away from uh, the Packers very, very early, putting it mildly. Yeah, putting it mildly. It's just it's frustrating and disheartening to see your team just get beat up up front on both sides of the ball. And, and while that's not an altogether uh, unusual occurrence when the Packers' defense is out there, uh, you rarely see the offensive line get dominated. And obviously there were injuries for their preferred starters were either out playing hurt or got hurt. And so their depth was tested, but just um, just completely dominated up front. And that's where it starts. Uh, Detroit's a physical team. Packers have trying to get more physical. They're certainly faster than they've been in years past. They're still working on the physical side. But, yeah, just a, an altogether disappointing performance uh, on both sides of the ball. And uh, the Packers have a little extra time to figure things out and then a bye coming up. But, uh, yeah, it's we knew it was going to be a season of growing pains, youngest team on the roster. and and not the deepest, so when a lot of injuries stack up uh, at one spot, you're going to get tested, and they were not ready for what Detroit brought them. That first half performance was pitiful. Mm -hmm. Jordan Love, where are you now as we're sitting four games into the season? Where are you with the newest signal caller for the Packers? Well, I've seen nothing through four games that doesn't make me think that this is the guy. I I I still think he's shown, uh, you go back to that same comeback obviously that was a signature game in his Lambo debut um, to come back 17 down but he just the game has slowed down for him he, he had no chance Thursday night with the way the offensive line was protecting and the way this team has not been able to run the ball but no I'm excited I, I figured you know heading into the season it was like can the defense carry this team early because the offense with all those young pass catchers and a quarterback just figuring things out the offense is going to be a work in progress and my hope was you know Come November, December, that offense should be clicking. So I make no grand pronouncements about Jordan Love or the offense just yet, other than I like what I see. Uh, the game is not too fast for him. He's got all the throws. He's got the athletic ability. He understands the offense. Now he just has to get on the same page with his receivers. They've got to get on the field and, and get some reps in. And, and we just have to see incremental progress. But I, I'm excited about what he might become. Uh, David Bakhtiari, is, his year is over, I believe, correct? That he's going to have a procedure that will keep him out. And they're starting to stack up the injuries with him, David. As you know, I mean, he was so damn good for so long uh, at the left tackle position. Rodgers, uh, they just, I mean, they loved him, right? Um, is Bakhtiari um, may, maybe played his last football? 
I would say I, I would think so, yes. Um, I think the hope was to try to squeeze a couple more years out of him, but obviously the knee just never did return from the injury in New Year's Eve, December 2020. I mean, we're talking you know, coming up on three years. Now he, he looks so good in the opener, and, and uh, everything looks so positive after that Bears game. It was just such a quick 180 that the knee started swelling and it wasn't right. Uh, we thought maybe he was sitting out because of the turf, but obviously that was not the case. So, yeah, I mean, he's due a whole lot of money next year. I mean, they'll they'll save $21 million on the cap wow. if they release him. They'll still have $19 million of dead cap that they'll have to deal with because his was one of those deals they kept extending and pushing out and backloading to keep Rodgers and that core together. So that's one of the prices you pay. But, yeah, just too bad for a young guy that, you know, it was a day three pick out of Colorado, became a guy that was on a Hall of Fame track, yep. and injuries just cut things short. But uh, he uh, he manned that left side so well for so long. And, you know, actually Green Bay has a seventh-round pick from a year ago in Rasheed Walker, who's really held his own mm-hmm. since taking over. And it's really allowed Green Bay to not have to move a lot of guys around. So uh, they, it's weird. They're, they're pretty deep at tackle. They're really thin in the middle of that line. And unfortunately for them, they're being tested on all sides right now on that offensive line. Defensive line and the defensive run defense has not been good. We go back to Thursday night. Here comes Josh Jacobs. The good news is, though, even with Jacobs, the Raiders can't run. 32nd in the NFL and run offense at DVOA. This is a team that has struggled in their own right. I guess if it's not going to happen here for the Packers, D, maybe it's just broken for the season. Your takeaway on that? Yeah, it's a great point. It's a really interesting matchup for Monday night. Something's got to give. Uh, Green Bay's scheme is set up to kind of allow teams to run and don't want to give up the big play. It's very frustrating to Packer fans to say, you know, once your your corners are out there and, and both Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes are practicing today, which is a really good sign for a Packers defense that really could use both of them. Obviously, both of them are out. Stokes has been out since the ACL a year ago. Um, once you've got those corners out there, I think most Packer fans would say, can we uh, maybe pay attention to the run and trust that <laughs> yeah, you've got really. corners that can do their job and a, and a good pass rush? It's, it's really frustrating, but they've got they've invested, you know, lately on that defensive line with the number one pick a year ago in Devontae Wyatt. They added two defensive linemen this year who they really like. But, you know, they moved on from Jared Reed, who looked pretty good for Seattle last night. They moved on from Dean Lowry, who is now in Minnesota. They got very young up front next to Kenny Clark, and, and they're still working things out. But I think you talk to most Packer fans, and it's Joe Barry's scheme that has them most frustrated. This team has, has struggled to stop the run since I had hair, and it's been a long, <laughs> long time, my friend, since I've had hair. So it, it, it would be nice to see them try to address that, figure that out, change things up, and I think you'll see them uh, certainly pay more attention to Josh Jacobs, even though they've struggled. Uh, we don't know who's going to be quarterback, but that passing game with a, a gimpy Devontae Adams doesn't sound like it's going right. to uh, you know, cause too much pressure. So, uh, yeah, they have to start uh, that run defense now, and then, of course, they've got the bye to sort of self-scout and and figure things out before they return. Well, if it, it says the game's on the road, but the Legion Stadium's usually <laughs> taken over by the opposing fans, and we know the Packer fans travel in mass. I'm anxious to see what the Allegiant Stadium looks like. Dave, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road. Thank you, Dave Syndicate. ZoneCoverage.com. Look for those long shots Friday night into Saturday, but certainly before you make your plays on Sunday. Thank you, Dave Syndicate. Appreciate it, Ken. See you guys. Yep, good to talk to you, Dave Syndicate. Uh, zonecoverage.com. We'll take a time out, come back, finish up the hour. Hour number two, Matt Snyder kicks it off, cbssports.com on Major League Baseball's playoffs. Nick Athen on the Chiefs, Trent's Plays of the Day, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. And Rocco.
Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Uh, fair to say, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Trent Condon, that NASCAR really doesn't float our boat. Yeah, not, uh, not a topic we get into very often. True. But, but, we would be remiss if we both didn't acknowledge it's pretty cool uh, it really that is. I was going to get a NASCAR event. And this isn't like a NASCAR light. No, this isn't a truck event. This isn't the junior <laughs> this circuit. This is the real deal. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a night race, Sunday night, uh, six o'clock was just announced. Keith Murphy just tweeted. I guess he must be following, uh, the press conference, um, on the 16th of June, the whole weekend, 14th through the 16th. So well done, Newton. Mm-hmm. Well done. Uh, Rusty Wallace was a big player in that getting this thing off the ground uh when it launched but um are they gonna have to add seats i would think right i would think so too so i had that thought when the reports were out there last night i think the athletic was the first one to have the report yesterday Thirty thousand ish is kind of what the capacity is you'd have to anticipate double yeah i mean you're talking about finding ways to obviously temporary seating do Mm -hmm. something like that that's got to be a piece of it it's something that I've never been to a NASCAR event. I've never been to the Speedway. I neither have I. No, I've never been there before. But this mm-hmm. is something. Yeah, I'd probably like to go. Now I have family members. I got people. I have friends that are into racing and have season tickets over there. Go to races all over the country. My nephew, who just got married last week, he's a big NASCAR fan, mm-hmm. and it's about the party too. I mean, you oh, kind of sure. hear about that. And like yeah. that sounds pretty fun. Yeah. You get the RV, camp for the day, you know, and just turn it into a whole weekend kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. And also just the spectacle that they make it with the concerts on top of it. It's going to be a huge, huge deal. This is something we talked about the Field of Dreams game. That was the biggest professional event yes. in our state borders. Yeah, yeah. Well done. That's this is going to rival it. That's good, Trent. This is yeah. this is big time for us. It state. is. It is. Look, I love when, and I'm going to call it ours because I'm claiming you a absolutely of, can. I'm a. I'm a I get frustrated at times when you don't consider yourself. <laughs> and I, you're not. My Iowa. birth certificate is Canada, Knock it but off. I feel like I'm nope, not. You're an I do. You've been I, here longer. I have. I did, and I love this place. Absolutely love it. And when our our state is in the spotlight, um, a little bit of pride for me as well. But yeah, this is big. Absolutely huge. Well done, everybody that was behind this thing. Did did we see this coming? Because I thought, you know what, it's a pipe dream. Yeah, kind of same. I'd love to see it. Probably it, not. It felt happen. like we had kind of passed yeah. the point of no return on this front. Yep. But they just kept grinding, right? Yep. Absolutely. And made it happen. There was an opening in the schedule as I think it was a California race, Sonoma that the track is going through. Ownership change and a few other things. Is that the race where it's a figure eight? Is that the one? Or is I'm they, not positive. Or You're asking the wrong call, guy. I know. They don't call it, uh, they call it some kind of other track. There's a word. A road course? It. Yeah, I think that's it, Trent. Okay. Look at you flaunting <laughs> your NASCAR knowledge. I've watched a race or two in You're my day. You're sandbagging over there. Well, let's slow down. All right. Power number two. Can't take Can away I... those North Iowa roots. I, I went to the guess. Cresco Speedway plenty of times growing up. All right. Good stuff. Hour number two, MLB conversation. We'll kick things off with Matt Snyder. We'll take a look at the Chiefs, Trent's play of the day. Well done, Newton, Iowa, and everybody behind the Iowa Speedway. Hour two next, Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. KXNO.